Kevin Pankhurst and I'm Donna Carter and you're listening to grow on the go you are and um we are both both Kevin and I have COVID yay Omicron yeah yeah um I'm I'm just emerging but uh yeah I am not you're still descending (laughs) no I'm not still descending I think I'm emerging but you when did you come when did you test positive no you didn't get a test you just are assuming right yeah they wouldn't let me test yeah and when when did you find out or when did you figure out you had it? Friday of last week. OK, yeah. And, and it's Friday today. Yeah. OK. And I I tested positive on Tuesday morning. So, yeah. Also, also just you're listening. No, it's not Friday today, the day you're listening. But it is Friday, the day we're recording this. <laughs> right. Sorry to confuse. Because even though. I've not really enjoyed living for a good part of the week. <laughs> um, the show must go on. <laughs> and so, yeah, uh, yeah, it sure does. So here we go. Um, we've been talking um, these last few podcasts about things that make Jesus mad. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talked about exploitation in one and hypocrisy in one. One of the things that makes Jesus really mad is when children are hurt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so we're going to talk about that today. So, you know, what are some of the things that really bug you and make you mad, Kev? Um, Feeling dismissed or disrespected. Oh, yeah. I hate that. I find I find very triggering. Um, When. Uh, so I, I write for a living or I, I used to, and when a client would come back to me and say, this is bad, I, I found that endlessly frustrating because no, it's not. I don't write bad things. Mm-hmm. You just don't like it. And that's allowed. You're allowed to not like it. It does right. not make it bad. Good point. I happen to know that you share one of my pet peeves and that's injustice. Yes. Makes you somewhat crazy. Kind of. Yeah. I, Crazier than I already am. Whenever I'm going to see you super angry, it's going to be when somebody has treated someone else badly. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. It's, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I hate injustice, especially when it surrounds someone powerful, hurting someone without power. Mm-hmm. And child oppression. Ex- yeah. And child exploit- exploitation makes me absolutely crazy and it made jesus really mad too in fact it probably makes us mad because it makes jesus mad (laughs) right like where do we think our sense Mm -hmm. of justice comes from if not from him i um i'm the kind of person who will interfere with other parents (laughs) when i don't feel like they're treating their children fairly (laughs) i know that's and i'm not talking about little things but an example um i was in a store and there was a man just berating his son like just verbally abusing him horrifically and this kid was young elementary age um, and, and I just said to him, you have no idea of the damage you're doing. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, I got five other kids and they grew up just fine. And I, 
<laughs> okay yeah. how many of them drink uh, yeah and i was sort of thinking i would love to talk to those other kids and see you know and see how fine they really are but and another another um situation i was in i was just heading into a store in a little like a strip mall um, some people are freaked out by the term strip mall. Do, do you know, does everyone know what I mean by strip mall? I'm not saying like it's a mall full of, you know, strip bars. <laughs> it's just. Um, uh, it's like. It's like a, a one, shopping center. A one level mall that every, every store has its own entrance. Right. Yeah. 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 That's that's yeah. I don't know if that's a term everyone uses, but that's certainly a term we use. Anyway, so I was at one of these and I was going into a store and I noticed that the, there was a car parked next to me with two little like a baby and a toddler in it. And the toddler was wailing on the baby, like wailing on the baby's head. And no parent. Anyway, <gasps> the mother had left these kids in a locked car and I was just sitting there. Do I call the police? Do I run into all these stores and try to find the mother? Like, what do I do? And just then the mother came out and I said to her, your, your baby isn't safe. Your toddler's been wailing on your baby. And she was so angry. Like, this is none of your business. And I just, mm, I said, I'm sorry. It's exactly it, my business. Yes. I think kids are the safety and the thriving of children is everyone's business. And like, what kind of a monster would I have to have been to just go on with my day? You know, when this yeah. baby might, might have brain damage, you know, anyway, that's uh, so I'm that person. I will step in and uh, on a child's behalf, if I feel like it's warranted because I think kids are everybody's business. So mm -hmm. Jesus lived in, in a culture that was all about men, right? Women and children were treated pretty much as property. And we've talked before how Jesus valued women and how his teaching and example changed the culture as Christianity permeated the known world. Unfortunately, most of the Christian church has reverted to limiting women in ways that Jesus and the early church never did. But that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> we won't go there today. Children were particularly undervalued in the ancient world. Child sacrifice was a thing in certain cultures, selling children to pay off debts, making girls who had been sexually assaulted marry their rapists to supposedly mm -hmm. preserve the honor of the family. These are just a few examples of the way children were disrespected and abused. First century Palestine specifically was a place of huge inequalities. There was a rigid social structure uh, with the ruling class at the top and then the elite and then the poor and then the slaves all the way down to the youngest child. As soon as kids were able, far younger than we would think was appropriate, they assumed responsibilities that contributed to the family economy and spent far more time working than playing. So we see this lack of appreciation for kids in Mark chapter 10, when the disciples tried to shoo kids away from Jesus. Do you want to just read that, Kev? Do you have that in front of you? Sure, I do. The parents kept bringing their little children to Jesus so that he would lay his hands on them and bless them. But the disciples kept rebuking and scolding the people for doing it. 
When Jesus saw what was happening, he became indignant with his disciples and said to them, let all the little children come to me and never hinder them. Don't you know that God's kingdom exists for such as these? Listen to the truth I speak. Whoever does not open their arms to receive God's kingdom like a teachable child will never enter it. Then he embraced each child and laying his hands on them, he lovingly blessed each one. So I think there's some really important words in that. He he blessed each, he embraced each child and he blessed each mm-hmm. one. He said, let all the little children come to me and never hinder them. Jesus made it clear that a person's ability to be productive or contribute to the economy is not what makes them valuable. The kingdom of heaven isn't limited to adults who might be considered to be worth more than children. We're told that Jesus had time for all the children. He didn't leave the area until he had blessed every one of them. Jesus welcomed the children because the kingdom of God God's present spiritual rule in people's lives belongs to children and people like them. And that means that all, including children who come to Jesus in childlike trust and dependence, are given free access to Jesus. With these words, Jesus was saying a person must come to him in humility in order to enter the kingdom. And the kingdom just means the rule and the reign of Jesus on earth. It's what Jesus crucifixion and resurrection ushered in. It's the new deal, the new covenant. So another powerful indication of Jesus' um, esteem for children are the passages in Matthew and Mark, where Jesus said that if we offer even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones because of our love for Jesus, it's as if we're doing it for him. Um, I think before we get into that, I just want to back up a little bit and talk about the fact that this, this attitude of, of humility um, that Jesus wants us to mm-hmm. come with. She, little kids come with expectation and excitement, right? They, they come realizing they have little to offer, or maybe they don't even know they have little to offer, but they don't, and it doesn't matter to them. They come with um, with mm-hmm. expectation, with excitement, and, and they depend totally on other people, Right. Jesus teaches that if these same attitudes are not present in adults, they can never enter into the kingdom. So, and then moving on to the the passage I just started talking about a minute ago um, in Matthew and Mark, where Jesus said that if we even offer a cup of cold water to one of these little ones because of our love for Jesus, it's as if we're doing it for him. So let's just talk a little bit about some of the ways that we can show kindness to a child in Jesus' name. And pardon me with all my COVID grossness. (laughs) The COVID. I think part of it is just not dismissing children. Um, I think, you know, I think it's really easy to dismiss a child because we've all got stuff going on. But like, if they want to show you something, take an interest for like a second. Like, even if you don't have time to sit down and be like, show me what this thing does or whatever, um, take an, take an interest that at least feels genuine to the child. (laughs) I don't know who adults think they're kidding when they, you know, do the, "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm." wow. Yeah. (laughs) My, uh, one of my grandparents, one of my grandparents did that. 
<clears throat> pardon me. And I, I knew he wasn't listening to me. I knew he was blowing me off. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe it made him, him feel better somehow. Anyhow, um, one of the things I think we can do is to pray for the kids in our own neighborhood. Like kids that you might see playing in your neighborhood. I don't know. Do you see a lot of kids in your area? Your, your, your area is mostly condos. And I'm assuming probably. Um, I'm in. I'm in condos and inner city. Uh, so you don't see a lot of kids just out and playing. Yeah. Yeah. OK. Well, um, there was a there was a lady on a farm in South Dakota who noticed a boy on the neighboring farm. Mm -hmm. Dan was the youngest of 16 children, and maybe that's why she started praying for him. <laughs> anyway, he eventually became a follower of Jesus. Dan Spader grew up and dedicated his life to disciple making, teaching others how to take someone from being a spiritual seeker to making Jesus followers themselves. More than 750,000 people in 90 plus countries have been trained to make disciples, to make Jesus followers through organizations that Dan has led. He's the founder of Sun Life Ministries and currently serves as the president of the Global Youth Initiative, which is an alliance of organizations in 95 countries committed to equipping young leaders for movements of multiplication. So movement, multiplication is another way to talk about making disciples or making Jesus followers. So one lady prayed for this man or when he was a little boy. She the lady who prayed may never have discipled anyone, right? And yet she's had an enormous impact through Dan's life. Um, your dad and I mm -hmm. know Dan personally, which is how we know about the influence that this neighbor had. But we have uh, an example of the impact on, on generations um, through Dan's life, but also one that's closer to home. And Kev, I'm not sure how much of this story you've heard, but you're going to start recognizing parts of it pretty soon here. I think there was a lady who attended a church in mm -hmm. Toronto <laughs> who had a heart for kids from the wrong side of the tracks. She decided to start a Sunday school for them and she arranged transportation for them. I'm not sure if she had a big car and just went all around the city or just to that one neighborhood. I don't really know all the details, but she would get them from their rundown neighborhoods to church on Sunday mornings. And one of those ragamuffin kids was who, Kev? Hello? Kevin? Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm still here. <laughs> yeah, I asked you a question. <laughs> it's weird when we can't see each other, isn't it? Oh, well, sorry. You broke up for a second. Oh, great. Okay. Um, so I asked. What did you, <laughs> what'd you ask me? One of those ragamuffin kids was who? My grandma. Yes, absolutely. And it was through this one woman's vision and obedience and caring about what Jesus cared about or who Jesus cared about that one of the least of these, Grandma Carter, came to faith, later met Grandpa in the church youth group and established a loving home where your dad was raised. She had grown up the child of alcoholics, but she learned a whole new way to live mm -hmm. because of that lady's kindness, right? So what, are, what else can we do? We can invite 
neighbor kids to camps or clubs or other places that they'll be taught that they matter to us and they matter to Jesus. We can, we can even simply smile and make kind comments to kids we encounter. Just take a minute to try and make them feel special. Another um, scripture in Matthew's biography of Jesus reiterates the value of children with a powerful metaphor. I'll get you to read that too, Kev. But if anyone abuses one of these little ones who believes in me, it would be better for him to have a heavy boulder tied around his neck and be hurled into the deepest sea than to face the punishment he deserves. Sorry, I think there's a bit of a delay here. One yeah. of our internet connections is not great. Yeah, I, I have a box that keeps coming up. It says, it says mine's weak. I don't quite know why, but anyway. Um, well, if that doesn't, uh, if that little warning, not about the internet, about, you know, being hurled into the deepest sea, um, does not give you pause, <laughs> you're just not paying attention, it certainly would have been controversial to the original audience. So let's unpack it a bit. When we show kindness to a child, we're honoring Jesus. That's what the first part says. Some translations say, um, anyone who causes a child to fall into sin, some say causes a child to stumble, some say to be abused. So I think there's a gamut of damage that this verse includes. And we're better off dead than to damage the faith of a child. That's the, the long and short of it. So we need to think about the kind of example that we set. When kids watch us, and adopt behaviors that we can manage with a degree of balance. Without the maturity to do that, we're damaging them. When we use words that wound them, or we have such high expectations for them that they give up all hope of ever trying to succeed or please us, there are so many ways we can cause children to stumble. And of course, abuse of all kinds falls into this category. Jesus' final statement in this passage is something I never noticed until my 30s. And when I did absorb it, I was amazed. Verse 10 says, Beware that you don't look down on any of these little ones. For I tell you that in heaven, their angels are always in the presence of my heavenly Father. They're angels. Children are assigned individual guardian angels. I'm not sure if adults each have their own, but it seems from this passage that God is paying, paying special attention to children. Isn't that a cool verse? Mm -hmm. And now I'm all like, I wonder who I was assigned or who was assigned to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's pretty, I, I was in my thirties before I discovered that. And I was like, what? I, how did I miss this? That this was in the Bible. Anyway, there are likely some people listening to this who have lost a child to cancer or an mm -hmm. accident. And you're thinking, okay, God, where were you and your angels when my worst nightmare happened? Yeah. Or, you know, even preterm child loss. Absolutely. I mean, I, that, yeah. that's part of my story and that's incredibly painful. You know, it's easy to be thinking, okay, God, why didn't you protect and save my child? If there was an angel on duty, or maybe you yourself were abused as a child and you wonder why God didn't intervene to protect you. Those are hard questions and I don't have the answers. But when I don't have an answer to a hard question, 
I go back to what I do know for sure. One of my favorite children's songs is said to be inspired by Jesus' words in Matthew 19:14. Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world, red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. We live in a world corrupted by sin and very bad things happen. And whenever bad things happen, they're going to happen to the most vulnerable among us. But there has never been a second of your life that Jesus wasn't with you, paying attention to you. Whatever you or your child has been through, Jesus was and is there. You were and are loved. And that is highlighted for us so beautifully in Romans 8.38, one of my favorite verses. Do you want to read that, Kevin? Sure. Romans 8 looks like 38. Yeah. For I have every confidence that nothing, not death, not life, heavenly messengers, dark spirits, the present, the future, spiritual powers, height, depth, nor any created thing, can come between us and the love of God revealed in the anointed Jesus, our Lord. Injustice, especially involving children, makes Jesus mad. That's why he gave the warning he gave that those who harm children would be better off dead. The last chapter isn't written yet. There will be justice for every child ever abused or neglected. Have you ever wondered how children went from being the lowest rung on the social ladder to where they are today. I mean, at least in Western culture, children are generally treated by society in a very gentle way. So what changed? It's because the early church practiced the teaching of Jesus. It wasn't uncommon in Jesus' day for babies to be abandoned on the side of the road if parents couldn't care for them or the child was a girl. The early church mm -hmm. became known for rescuing them and caring for them. And interestingly enough, that's one of the things that the, the church, the underground church in China is known for today. They rescue the mm -hmm. babies that are abandoned, most of them girls. Yeah, uh, China did have a one child policy. I believe they've reversed that. Um, I feel like growing up in the church, we're super aware of that, but the rest of the world isn't. Um, so if you didn't know, um, and culturally, men are are expected to take care of their parents Um in their old age and women are expected to take care of their in-laws. Um, right. And so it's better to have a son yeah. than it is to have a daughter. And it's created a huge problem. So like selective infanticide is very common. Yeah. And there are so many men who can't find a spouse because so many daughters were not allowed to live. Mm -hmm. It's a huge, it's a huge problem. Anyway, it was not, not only the early church who were involved in caring for, um, you know, babies that were abandoned. It was the followers of Jesus who started Sunday schools to educate child laborers on their only day off during the Industrial Revolution. 
Today, there are ministries like Compassion, who rescue children from poverty in Jesus' name, and International Justice Mission, who save children from sexual exploitation and other forms of slavery and help them heal. It's also worth noting that slavery is more prominent in the world today than any time in history, I, know. I believe. I believe, or maybe oh. the metric is there are more enslaved people on the earth now than there ever have been. And I'm quite certain that a lot of them are children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When we were in Senegal, we visited the slave house, which was where the last place where slaves were gathered from all over Africa. And that was the, la- the last place um, in Africa that they stayed for a time before they were put on ships for the transatlantic uh, slave trade. And they've turned it now into a museum about slavery. And yeah, that, that stat that you just quoted is true. I read that there too. And it's, it's, it's really um, shocking and heartbreaking because we go on as if it's not happening. Um, even mm-hmm. though we would be the first to be horrified that slavery ever happened on this continent, right? So we can mm-hmm. love on kids by sponsoring a child in the developing world. Um, we can love Jesus by loving on a child. We can befriend a lonely kid in our neighborhood. We can serve in a church nursery or teach in our, our church's kids ministry. We can volunteer at an orphanage or a children's hospital. We could consider fostering or even adopting. I have friends who um, had two of their own biological kids and then they felt Jesus was asking them to adopt a child from Haiti. And they did. And then they felt they were being asked to adopt another one and they did. And then they felt they were being asked to just keep taking them in as long as Jesus didn't say stop. And I'm not sure where they're at now. We've sort of mm-hmm. lost touch with them in the last few years, but I thought, wow, what, a, what an incredibly generous thing to do, to just give Jesus a blank check like that. And, you know, these kids come with major problems. They've, they've faced... Mm-hmm. You know, all sorts of problems early on. And so, so developmentally, and uh, some of them are HIV positive, and some of them um, have profound learning problems. I mean, it's, it's a major um, thing to do, but what a beautiful... Well, and attachment disorders are really common. and But what a beautiful way to love Jesus. So I'm just going to encourage our listeners to just ask Jesus how you can love him by loving on a child in a big or a small way as, as he Mm -hmm. directs. Mm -hmm. Don't forget to um, like and subscribe the show. If you did like it, we'd also love for you to uh, leave a comment. Let us know what you thought. But that is it for us to, if you think it would be helpful for someone else, please share it. Mm -hmm. Um, That is it for us today on grow on the go. I'm Kevin Pankhurst. And I'm Donna Carter. Thanks for listening to Grow on the Go. Share this episode on social media and find more great programs at faithstrongtoday.com.